What do you love about music? To begin with, everything. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. All year long, Jim and I take turns being stranded on a desert island, talking about the songs and albums we can't live without. Well, during this episode, we turn the jukebox control over to some of our favorite guests. I'm Greg Cott. And I'm Jim DeRogatis. Stay tuned as Robert Plant, Khalees, and members of Slayer tell us what tunes they'd add to the Desert Island Jukebox. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and time now for our Desert Island Jukebox special. That's Stranded by the Australian punk band The Saints, one of our favorite tunes ever, and usually our signal to get out the paddle boat, the water skis, the hang glider, or once I think even a dirigible, and head out out to the desert island. Greg and I take turns pretending we're stranded and talk about a song or album that, for the moment, we can't live without. Now, after years of doing this, we have hundreds of our songs queued up in the Sound Opinions Desert Island jukebox. But I think uh, the two of us deserve a little bit of a holiday break, huh, Greg? Absolutely. So we're turning the reins over to our guests this week. Whenever an artist or a band visits the show, we're always trying to sneak in one last question before it wraps. What record or song would you take with you if you were stranded on a desert island? And uh, not shockingly, these people who have dedicated their lives to making music professionally, they usually have great answers to that question, even some surprise answers. But we've never shared these with listeners until now. Let's start with somebody who knows a lot about music, to say the very least. Lindsey Buckingham, singer, songwriter, and guitarist for Fleetwood Mac, who spoke with Greg in 2013. We do this Desert Island game where we you know, pick the record to bring the Desert Island with oh you. Oh, my God. Okay. And, and it doesn't have to be because it, it's daunting because it's an all-timer. No, just for today, what's on your mind today? Like if you had to pick one record off the shelf, which one would it be today and, and why? Wow. Well, it would have to be something from the era of rock and roll when when rock and roll was not only subversive but was w- w- had an interface with that its sociological meaning was as broad as it ever has been. It's hard for me to let my son in on on what rock and roll meant to us in the 60s, say and how it informed our lives and how it was the alternative to what our parents' sensibilities were. Because, you know, today, music, pop music, rock music, all kinds of music has become a little bit more the wallpaper uh, along with all the the devices that they have to go to. And everything's a little more fragmented now. And, and my son just looks at me. He doesn't know what I mean. Mm-hmm. 
So it would have to be something like, say, Revolver by the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, which is maybe, of course, the English Revolver. Right. It's the arrogance <laughs> of Capitol Records taking songs off to make more albums was, uh-huh. is something that I never have gotten over. But uh, that that album is, it may stand as the the height of their artistic achievement. Did you come to that uh, in its moment? I mean, were you immediately aware of its greatness, or was it something that you discovered later on down the road? Well, I listened to all of that stuff very diligently. I think, you know, I, it became more intellectualized later on when, when I – because when that album was out, of course I was playing guitar by then, but I had no aspirations to be doing this professionally. In fact, my parents, rightly so, were saying, you know, do it as a nice hobby, but maybe, you know – Get a real job. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I had no uh, poetic overview of anything at that point. And then once you start making records and start listening again to all this stuff and taking stock of how they're really put together and how wonderful the writing is and – you know, things that are so out of reach for what you do, then, you know, that's that's what you want to aspire to. And hopefully there's always something that will be out of reach. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's the best Beatles album. I mean, people look at me like that's better than Sgt. Pepper, and people look at me like I've got three heads. But well, I've... that's you know, that's the uh, that's the brainwashing yeah. that's going on. <laughs> right, right. And, and the other beauty, you know, you can play a song like "Tomorrow Never Knows." I just did this for an eighth grade class I was talking to, and the teacher said, "Well, let's talk about the Beatles," you know, because they're learning about this group. And I play "Tomorrow Never Knows." And you can just see their jaws dropping. There, there's no template for understanding that. They're like, "What? What is? What? Huh? What? Where, where is that coming from?" Still mind blowing. Forty years later, you know. Right, just one chord. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah. I can imagine when you're hearing something like that coming from a Scotty Moore, uh-huh. Kingston Trio context or whatever, sure, and then yeah. you hear something like that. And really, one of the great accomplishments of the Beatles was that they started in one place and brought the entire world along with them as they evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Same could be said of Fleetwood Mac. I, I think uh, you know you're 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 uh, one of those bands. I think in, the, in terms of '70s bands that have had, you know, you can think of so many bands from a particular era that had great commercial success during that era. And then who really listens to their music decades later? I think that's a true test of time. And, you know, people are still pointing to those records. So yeah, I, we must have done something right. <laughs> Lindsay, I just want to say it's been great to have you as a guest on oh, Sound Opinion. As always, I love talking to you, Greg.
That was Tomorrow Never Knows from the Beatles' groundbreaking 1966 album, Revolver. Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac says he's bringing it with him to the Desert Island jukebox. Greg, one of the rare things we agree about is we would both take Revolver to the Desert Island if we had to pick one Beatles album. Yes, sir. Incidentally, we did a classic album dissection on Revolver a while back, and you can hear that at soundopinions.org. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott here with Jim DeRogatis, and this is our Desert Island Jukebox special. We're hearing selections from some of our favorite guests. Now it's time to hand the coins to someone who not only plays and appreciates music, but who has portrayed a number of well-known musicians. I'm talking about Fred Armisen. You know, we've seen his impression of Prince and his tribute to Tito Puente on Saturday Night Live, and he really does a great job of spoofing hippie and hipster culture on Portlandia with rocker Kerry Brownstein. But you may not know that he started as a hardcore but you may not know that he started as a hardcore punk drummer in Chicago's Trenchmouth, and now he's the band leader on Late Night with Seth Meyers. So let's listen to Fred Armisen's DIJ pick from 2012 here on Sound Opinions. All right, so we like to play this game, the Desert Island Jukebox, where we, we have our guests to pick one track they would take that they couldn't live without. It's got to be one song? Well, yeah, for this time, for this morning. Is it is it a lifetime one that I've loved my whole life? Yeah, or one? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a song that will never get old to me. I put it on all the time, and I've been, I've been listening to it over and over for a long time, but it, it's, um, there's a song by Stereolab called Sybil's Reverie that I don't know what it is that it just works exactly right. It's, it's like driving enough that you feel like you're really listening to music, and then it's also like mellow enough that it doesn't kill you every time. So I would say that song it will always, it might be my favorite song of all time. What's that, on one of their earlier albums? It's uh, on Emperor, Emperor Tomato Ketchup. Yeah, that's a great record. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, great record. And you must have traveled in the same circles with those guys. Oh, they, yeah. They yeah. came through Chicago a bunch of times. Yeah, I got to meet them a couple times. And yeah, I've, oh, yeah. How, much did, how much did we love Stereolab? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What a great band. I know. It's just a, yeah. so, so great. Yeah, you got to get them to come on Portlandia. Oh, that would be great. Stereolab reunites. Records the new theme song. Tim, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
That was Sybil's Reverie by Stereolab here on Sound Opinions. Jim, I know you take that uh, to your desert island as well. Love the Stereolab. It's from the European electro-pop group's 1996 release, Emperor Tomato Ketchup. And musician and comedian Fred Armisen says it's an all-time favorite that he would take with him to the desert island. Yes, that's right. We're playing our favorite parlor game with some of our Sound Opinions guests. And up next is the New Orleans artist, Trombone Shorty. The name should give it away, Greg, but Trombone Shorty is a virtuoso on the trombone. Born Troy Andrews, at just 28, he's been playing music for two decades now. And we knew that with so much music in his bones, he'd be happy to talk about a song he'd take with him to the desert island, one that he couldn't live without. We were wondering, is he going to choose something by people he's worked with? The Neville Brothers, Eric Clapton, something from the HBO show Treme, he had a recurring role on that, or something that brought him back to his hood, the Sixth Ward of New Orleans? Let's find out. We asked Trombone Shorty in 2011 after the release of his Grammy-nominated album for True. I think uh, Sunny Side of the Street, Louis Armstrong rendition of it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those songs that I, that I really enjoy, and I learn a lot every time I listen to it from the, from the, uh, the king himself, Louis Armstrong, on the trumpet. So many people don't realize what a brilliant musician he was. But you, you got schooled early, right? I mean, weren't you like 16 or something when you did a special for PBS? You were part of it? I was earlier than that. Really? So yeah. you were even younger? Yeah, I was listening to Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world, because my brother was influenced. He's influenced by him. So at five, six years old, I knew who Louis Armstrong was. Mm. And then they called me, went and called me to do that thing, the uh, tribute to him in New York at the Lincoln Center when I was about 14. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very influenced by his music. And, you know, he actually spent a lot of time here in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much from him just listening to his music. And uh, I listen to him a lot. I actually got one of the CDs in my trumpet case. And uh, he's just one of those per- people that's just amazing that helped open the door for me to be able to do what I'm doing today. Yeah, people think of him as uh, the guy with the gruff, endearing voice as You're the vocalist. And, yeah. But they don't recall maybe that he was in the 20s. This guy was blowing people's minds with uh, the improvisation. Oh, yeah, still blowing people's minds. I mean, some trumpet players can't even catch up to what he was doing back then. It's just he was ahead of his time and uh, just a brilliant musician all around and, and all about the good times. You know, he, he embodied the spirit of New Orleans. Grab your coat, grab your hat, baby. Leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet I'm the sunny side of the street Can't you hear that feet of The happy tune is yourself Life can be so sweet I'm the sunny side of I used to walk with those blues on parade But I'm not afraid, baby My rover crossed over, yes If I never have a cent, 
I'll be rich as Rockefeller, yes. Gold is at my feet, I'm the sun is out And get your coat, grab your hat, leave your worries. Oh, don't stand. Just stop like your feet. That's Sunny Side of the Street by Louis Armstrong, a 1956 recording with Cy Oliver's Orchestra. Trombone Shorty has added it to the Desert Island Jukebox. We're going to continue letting these great musicians curate our island playlist. Coming up, here are selections from Trey and Matt of South Park and Robert Plant. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX. With those blues on parade Now mama Now I'm not afraid baby But don't put those videos But that's bye-bye And if I never ever said I'll be rich Like it fell over With colors at my feet Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and you're listening to our Desert Island Jukebox special. As you regular listeners know, Greg and I take turns taking songs and albums we feel we can't live without to the Desert Island. If we're going to be stranded, we want this music. This, of course, is a parlor game as old as rock and roll itself. But, Greg, we've upped the ante by asking some of our past musical guests to play along. That's right, Jim, and if you recognize that song, you know who's up next. Khalees, the singer who brought all the boys to the yard with her milkshake hit in 2003. She came by earlier in 2014 to talk about her new album, Food, one that topped both of our best album lists. But what music we had to know was Khalees loving this year. Here's her response. Goodness, that's always hard. I guess if it were today, what would it be? I would have to say Open. By Rye. I'm obsessed. Wow, cool. It's such a good song. That voice is really Amazing. powerful. I saw right? him perform live a few weeks ago, and it was just like, oh, it's so good. It was one of those like, oh. Yeah, that, that, that band is really good. Did They're you, amazing. Did you know it was a guy when, when you first heard the song? I Well, I didn't know when I first heard it, but then someone said, yeah, someone was like, oh, it's a guy. And I was like, really? And now I feel like I hear it. But the funny thing is people always say, that they like, I, I have that kind of tone, and I was like, oh, well, I'll take it. I mean, he sounds mm. great. Androgyny is a cool thing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if he's androgynous. He's just so smooth. I'm like, I don't even want yeah. to put in. It's like he's just so smooth. I'm like, 
I love it. And it was really cute because he was performing and he was like, it's my wife's birthday. And he was, you know, he's just this normal guy. <laughs> you, know, you know, you think of it's like very strange, ominous creature. He was like a regular guy in a sweatshirt. He's like, it's my wife's birthday. Can you guys sing happy birthday? It was just really cute. <laughs> it was really nice. Yeah, that voice doesn't sound like it should come from a human being. You know, right. It's like this, like, yeah, alien creature. It's amazing. <laughs> well, he's Canadian. That may be part of it, right? <laughs> Close enough. I want to make this place. I want to know your face. That was the song Open by the group Rye from its 2013 debut, Woman, which is an interesting title, Greg, given that it's hard to tell that the lead singer is a man, Michael Milos. We gave the album an enthusiastic double buy it, and you even ended up putting it on your list for the best of that year. Yeah, Kalisa and I have agreed on a few things the last few years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park and the demented and talented minds behind the Tony Award-winning musical The Book of Mormon? You may not know this, but they are huge music fans, metal and prog especially. Primus, of course, provides the theme song on South Park, but Trey in particular revealed that he's not just a fan of rock, but a fan of musicals. So uh, he and I differ there. Nonetheless, we were curious about what these two would choose to add to the Desert Island jukebox. First, here's Trey Parker, followed by Matt Stone. We play a game with our guests, Desert Island jukebox, you know, pick a song for today to take to the Desert Island with you. Indian Sunset, Elton John. Mm. Well, you, Trey, you've already said great love for Elton, so it yeah. sounds like that's been there all most of your life. It has, and it, well, it's funny. I just had a birthday, and I went and saw Elton in Vegas, and I got to go see him again. I was just like, I'm just shaking when I see him, but but it was so cool because it was his big Vegas show, and he played the song Indian Sunset, which is a really obscure song for him to do, but and it was just him and the piano and that percu- that really famous percussionist that always plays with him. 
Oh yeah, I know you're talking yeah, about ball guy. His name, and it was just it was just so awesome for me, and I've, so I've been thinking about that song ever since. So that's why it's on my mind right now. Trampling down on the prairie rose, leaving hoof tracks in the sand. Those who wish to follow me. Welcome with my hands I heard from passing renegades Geronimo was dead He'd been laying down his weapons When they fell Man, man across the water. Now, was that a big album for you as a kid? You know, what's funny is that I, I caught up to him. For me, the biggest album was when he did that live thing in Australia. And he dressed up like, you know, Beethoven or Mozart or whatever. And, oh, then yeah. he had, and it was just like, because I had been, as a kid, I had, I had had all the albums. And Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was probably my favorite. But when he did that, and there was, and I had the DVD of it, and I literally would pause it and go <laughs> frame by frame and watch his fingers. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, that's to me like that's the album. That if I have to have an album, it'll be that one, just because it's all some of the best songs with this great symphony behind him. Tonight, does it have to be the old thing? Tonight, it's late, too late to chase the rainbow that you're after. I like to find a compromise, place it in your hand. Matt, what about you? Well, now I've had all this time to think about when Trey. So I've gone back and forth between Bob Dylan, Rush. But what I've actually been listening to lately is there was a time that James Brown off Live at the Apollo 2. Oh, yeah. You know that song? And Mm -hmm. it's like that song, that that rendition of that song is so funky, it just kills me. I actually have been listening to that like like for a month straight. (laughs) 
He does all the uh, uh, and yeah, all the back in the, in the, just a big, you know, one snare starts the jam and one, and I love, you know, I'm a big police fan, a big Stuart Copeland fan and Stuart does it too. The drumming in that song, there was a time, it's just, just that's the song. I was going to say your drumming background, give the drummer some, that's the guy, that's the guy who invented that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, approach. and that album, Live at the Apollo, Volume Two. I don't know which. You yeah, know, I yeah. guess like that whole album. Is we amazing. just did a classic album dissection with uh, Volume One because it's now fifty years old. Oh my and, god! And uh, R.J. Smith wrote a fantastic biography of Brown, so we had him take us through that album. But before we get off the desert island, if you had to take one Rush album, which one? Uh, probably. Per, per, well, I, mean, I guess it's cheating to say Exit Stage Left, so it's a live album yeah, compilation. Yeah, yeah. But like. Uh, Probably permanent waves. Oh, no, it's got to be hemispheres man. or hemispheres. Okay, it's be hemispheres. <laughs> you keep, you keep getting these wrong. That was my second you keep one. These, that was actually my second choice. I was going to say that. I was going to say permanent waves or hemispheres because those are just like yeah. right down the middle, like 190 proof space rock. I liked space stuff. Yeah. I just want to hear space stuff. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. when, and I think that about a lot of prog rock stuff. You know, and, yeah. uh, and I think Rush did it better than ever. Those those three or four out, which which kind of culminated with that moving pictures period, yeah. but that whole period of rush those Pharaoh the kings hemispheres permanent waves and moving pictures are just like that yeah okay. so, and it's so, so funny because i want a story and indian sunset is totally a story uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah right, right. so i was going to say la vila strangiato which there's no words well you know the trees <laughs> is a pretty good story That's you know this story, parable yeah. about yeah. industrialism and ayn rand and the trees and they cut down the trees and spite their nose cut their face N- neil peart and uh, bernie Taupin, yeah two, two pretty good uh, <laughs> yeah, lyric writers yeah. you know not two too bad yeah yeah
That was The Trees from Rush's 1978 album, Hemispheres. South Park and Book of Mormon creator Matt Stone chose it to go to the Desert Island jukebox, although, Jim, you sort of browbeat him into that choice, didn't you? Uh, if you're going <laughs> to choose a Rush album, you got to go with Hemispheres. And I, I guess I got a little carried away. <laughs> Matt also chose There Was a Time from James Brown's Live at the Apollo Volume 2, a 1968 release. And Trey Parker went with two Elton John picks, the 1971 track Indian Sunset and the 1987 album Live in Australia with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. I'm sensing an aesthetic there, Greg, from Lovin' Elton John to Penning a Broadway musical. Up next, let's talk to Peter Hook. Have him drop a quarter in the Desert Island jukebox. Hook was one of the founding members of one of your all-time favorite bands, Joy Division. He also played bass in New Order with fellow Joy Division alum Bernard Sumner. And we had a nice long chat in the studio in 2013 in which he was very frank about Joy Division's lead singer, Ian Curtis, who committed suicide in 1980. He was even more frank about Sumner. No love lost there, Greg. And we ended, as always, by asking Peter Hook to pretend he was stranded on a desert island. He immediately had his answer. Uh, it would be Nico, which was Chelsea Girls, because mm. I was watching that wonderful film with Brad Pitt last night, Killing Me Softly, and there was an Nico track in it from that, and I'd forgotten, I'll Keep It With Mine. Uh, it was a Dylan song, I think. It's a Dylan yes. song. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, allegedly, he wrote for her when yeah. smitten with her. Yeah, and John Cale's wonderful production of that LP. And to hear it, again, this is what, what I find great about people that are my icons and legends. And to hear it in that Brad Pitt film, as, as I did last night, was just such a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. It really was. So I'm taking Chelsea Girls. What is it about her voice that captivates you? I mean, it's it's that wonderful sexiness and the um, the pleasures, unknown pleasures within. I mean, I spent a lot of time with Nico, ironically. She ended up living in Presswich, mm. very close to Mark E. Smith and um, my friend of mine, Alan Wise, uh, managed her. And she really, truly was a miserable b- yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, my There's that great book God. written about touring with her, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dear. And I, I kept thinking, you know, maybe that's it, you see. She's gone from uh, L.A. with Jim Morrison and ended up in Presswich with Alan Wise. <laughs> <laughs> she had every right to be angry, I, I'm telling you. And the village but, with yeah. the young Jackson Brown at 17. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, she really did, uh, you'd have to say, uh, changed um, mm-hmm. her perspective. Yeah. Um, but, no, uh, it was great to be with her and... We, I, I used to have. I used to do the sound for the support band, and um, uh, poor Nico, you know, she really did uh, have a tough time with that one. But great, great record, and John Cale's production record. of that record uh, to me is stunning, and it really is. You know, one even, of my favorite lines of rock criticism ever. Richard Goldstein, the pioneering rock critic, wrote of her voice that she sang in perfect mellow ovals, like a cello waking up in the morning. <laughs> That's a great that way of putting it, yeah. yeah but, I mean, the, those tracks you did with the Velvet Underground were, were so atmospheric, and it was Ian that you um, introduced us to those. Mm-hmm. Ian Curtis played as that, I'm Sticking With You, which was the other one that, what's it sang? Yeah. Drummer sang, didn't you? Maureen. But, yeah, uh, Sunday Morning, Pale Blue Eyes, sang by Nico, really did capture, you know, some atmosphere that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. there was no innocence there, even when she was young. <laughs> I, I did hear stories about her that made me think she was a great girl. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You'd search babe at any cost. But how long, babe, can you search for what's not lost? Everybody. 
can't help it If you might think I'm odd If I say I'm not loving you for what you are But for what you're not Everybody will help you discover what you said I'd do fine. But if I can save you any time, come on. That was Nico singing the Bob Dylan tune, I'll Keep It With Mine, from her 1967 album, Chelsea Girl. It was a Desert Island jukebox track chosen by the always candid Peter Hook of Joy Division and New Order. If you'd like to listen to our interview with Peter or any of the conversations with the artists we've featured today, visit the Sound Opinions archive at soundopinions.org. You can also check out the live performances. Coming up next on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, Greg and I hand out more quarters to our guests to drop into the Desert Island jukebox. Here never before aired Desert Island picks from Slayer and Robert Plant. Hey, mister, that's me up on the jukebox. I'm the one that's singing this sad song. Well, I'll cry every time that you slip in one more dime and let the boy sing the sad one one more time Southern California that's as blue as the boy can be blue as a deep blue sea won't you listen to me now I need your golden gated city like a hole in the head Just like a hole in the head I'm free Hey mister, that's me up on the jukebox I'm the one that's singing this sad song Well, I'll cry every time that you slip in one more dime and let the boy sing the sad one one more time Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He is Greg Cott. And we've been spending this episode stranded on a desert island. But luckily, we've got lots of great music to keep us company. Over the years, we've asked some of our favorite guests to tell us what song or record they'd like to add to the Desert Island Jukebox. And today, we're revealing the answers for the first time. We just heard picks from musicians Peter Hook, Khalees, Trombone Shorty, and Lindsey Buckingham, plus comedians Fred Armisen, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. 
Now we go to the golden god of rock, Robert Plant. He came in recently to talk about life with Led Zeppelin and his latest release, Lullaby and the Ceaseless Roar, but he also granted us a few minutes to play a Desert Island DJ. We like to do this uh, Desert Island jukebox, Robert. You've dropped easily 150 great names of music that you've loved throughout your career, old music, new music. I want to give people a little more sense of you as a rock critic. So at this day and time, not not to define you for all time, what's a record you can't live without? The Great Destroyer by Lowe. Mm. Ah, yeah. I mean, we've had them in the studio several mm. times. Greg's a huge fan. We're both huge fans. Yeah. What is it about that record? Tell us about it. It's haunting and it's beautiful and it's and it has a sort of um, a beautiful, almost chilled application of the great gifts that we possess. It's all there in one sort of collection. And the dynamism, the dynamic of the thing, is it's kind of understated, but it's like a volcano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much power, but mm. they're holding the reins. Yeah. Then there's the spiritual element, too. I've heard you talk a lot in interviews about the spirituality, and it's there for low. You know, they're yeah. Mormons. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you ain't buying that? I ain't buying that. <laughs> you ain't buying Really? No, so I'm not buying to... anything to do with anything like yeah. uh, just listening to music yeah. as a complete stranger, even if I couldn't speak the language. You would get it. Well, I get it with Um Kaltum, you know, from Cairo, mm-hmm. you know, and I never knew a word of what she was singing about. Yeah. So the th- it works conversely. When we played in Rabat in June in Morocco, it was a great triumph for us to go back. I go to Morocco all the time, but to go back there as a part of a musical group and to take hand drums and bendiers and mm-hmm. ritty and kalogo and hit Moroccans with stuff that they go, well, well, what's that for? Mm. You know, it's great. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's just uh, I think that's pretty beautifully complete collection of songs in the, in one package nobody dreamed you'd save the world nobody dreamed you'd save Destroyer 
That's a bit of the low album, The Great Destroyer. Great description by Robert Plant, uh, Beautiful and Chilled, a track called Silver Rider from that 2005 release. So uh, if the Led Zeppelin ever crashes on the desert island, that's the track Robert Plant would be listening to. Now we've got one more band to turn to for our Desert Island Jukebox picks, Slayer. Yes, two of its founding members, drummer Dave Lombardo and guitarist Kerry King, came to visit us in 2010 to talk about their huge influence on metal. First, you'll hear from Kerry because, frankly, Dave was a little stressed out by this challenge. It's a fun rock critic game because you can't equivocate. You know, you can't do the well. We <laughs> look at me. Well, I got one already, guys. What's yours, Dave? Oh, jeez. Okay, wait. I have to really think about this. You want to go first? Do you have one? Only, well, yeah, only because it's like I don't want to sit and think about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's best yeah, from like the I, gut. It's best right from um, the gut. Katy Perry, you know, right? Right off the top of my head, two <laughs> things came to mind. I'm going to say them both. One's Van Halen, one, one's Blizzard of Oz. There's great playing and there's great songwriting on both. So They both hold up for you. I'll go. i got to pick one. I'll go Blizzard of Oz. So those those sound like uh, formative albums. Realistically, Randy Rhodes only got to make two metal mm-hmm. albums, you yeah. know, and who knows what would have came out of that guy. Mm-hmm. Was he the kind of guitar player that you would listen to the solos and try to play along with him? Or I never yeah. tried. I was awestruck. <laughs> I actually got to see him the last time they came through Southern California, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. whatever whatever that year was, year before the plane crash. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty lucky to be there. Right. Did you have those records on 8-track or uh, vinyl? <laughs> vinyl, cassette, 8-track was my dad's thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Maybe. What about you? <laughs> the album that's been on my kind of like on the, my main list is that Amy Winehouse album with Rehab on it. I'm sorry, wow. I don't mm. know. 
I've just been on this weird music kick for a metal guy, at least. Is mm-hmm. it the R&B part of it or the pop part of it? What appeals to uh, you? The songwriting, her voice. It's good stuff. Yeah, she performs I mean, really killer on that. Oh, yeah. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no. There you go. Metal drummer Dave Lombardo of Slayer chooses Amy Winehouse's Rehab as a song he can't live without. I never would have predicted that, Jim. Well, that's what the Desert Island Jukebox is all about, Greg. And I've been impressed with all of these guest selections. I guess uh, it's not surprising from professional musicians and music fans. You can go back and look at all of the DIJ picks at soundopinions.org. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we are going to be cooking up our annual mixtapes. Greg, we have some thanks to say on the way out. Many of these interviews were recorded by Mary Gaffney and Adam Yaffe. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana, Robin Lynn, Anthony Martinez, and our intern, Alex Claiborne. Sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. I can't say what's right or what's wrong, but I love you. All you gotta do is call me, baby. New messages. Hi, this is Mitchell from North Carolina, and I was giving my recommendations for album of the year. First one that comes to mind is going to be Danger Mouse's After the Disco, as the whole album is just a fluid masterpiece. Even the namesake song title, After the Disco, is pretty hardcore as well.
to that way too many times that I can care, and that's my opinion, and they're sound. Thanks. Hello, my name is Jace, and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I just wanted to say that I think the best album of the year is, by far, hands down, Chinese Fountain by The Growlers. Everything they do is just beautiful in every right, and this continues to top everything they've done before. That is my opinion. Thank you. Sound Opinions, this is Raphael from Chicago. I just wanted to give my opinion on what I thought was the best album of this year. It's sort of a new album. It's by this Chicago producer by the name of Ace Villa. And the album's called Carry On Tradition. Still praying that I never get wet. Oh, sweat. Early 30s and already get bet. Bet. Since I'm on borrowed time, I came with the art of rhyme. Borderline suicide. Still spitting the hardest line. Saigon, sign it out. If you wonder if I live what I rhyme about, you might end up finding out. So superb and just well-rounded. This is a great produced record. It's got, I mean, just a who's who of rap on there. And it kind of reads the... The story on this guy is really inspiring how he put together all these artists. It's an amazing album that I really think you guys should consider it and listen to it. Once again, uh, Raphael, signing off. Peace. Hey, Jim and Greg. This is Paul from Chicago. So I was just listening to the show, and you had a caller mention that he was hoping in the music news section for a little bit more about tours and who's recording and things like that. I just wanted to chime in that I actually prefer what you guys are doing today. It's very easy to stay on top of who's recording and who's on tour in the Internet age, especially. It's a lot easier to track your favorite artists. There's a lot of apps and a lot of websites and various methods for doing that. But what's not so easy is getting to the bottom of some of these subtler things. And I think you guys are doing a wonderful job of reporting on you know, really the biggest news in music in the last decade or so has been what you're talking about, seismic shift in the industry. And I love that you guys are covering it, and I love the way you're doing it, and I prefer that you continue. So thanks very much, guys. Keep up the good work. more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.